0: Uh, Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you that it is in you that we live and move and have our being. We pray that you would uh, grant us uh, perspective on our lives, our lives in you, and the way that we live out our daily lives. Uh, We pray, Father, for your uh, kingdom to come and your will to be done in our lives on earth uh, as it is in heaven. We ask this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen. All
0: right. well... Um, apparently, some of you have financial concerns. Um, I am. Uh, I, this this poster was here. Nobody said anything to me about it, but I guess I'm supposed to say that the uh, Linton series is coming up soon. We have a incredible lineup, uh, and in fact, a little bit uh, to to uh, Frank's Frank Limehouse um, He he blushed a little bit when he was told that Craig Parton is coming this this uh, series. Uh, he'll be here um uh, March 26th and 27th. He mentioned Craig Parton in the uh, in the sermon. But uh, Kendall Harmon uh Bishop Mike Hill, uh, Jacob Smith, who's uh, one of my great one of my best friends in the seminary, but a great great preacher. Uh, just a just a Sinclair Ferguson who's pre- published about 65 books and and is um just a an amazing guy with a all sort of um Theological father uh, to me, uh, just just an incredible lineup. Not to mention uh, Charlotte Bosford and Kathy Phillips. Um, so uh, just a great lineup. Uh, Molly Witherington, so just a great great lineup. Some folks that folks that you know. So uh, please come. P- please bring your friends. Please uh, volunteer. Uh, just a disclaimer: uh, I, I am not teaching this class because. Uh, because I'm really perfect at money management or uh, uh, financial advice or anything like that, um, I am I'm teaching this class because I think it's important. Uh, I have a- Amy and I have this is my wife Amy over here, um, and Amy, you can feel free to chime in. Um, Amy and I have been through a couple of classes. We've been through uh, the Crown Ministries class uh, when we began our marriage um, we've been married 13 years and um, 13 and a half years and and so we we started that I guess about a year into our marriage and that was great and then we've been through Dave Ramsey a couple of times which is not really as much of a Bible study although he he, he sort of passes it off that way but um it, it is uh, so we've, we've been through finances stuff and I, um, but but we're not great at it. and I'll say that we're actually not in the best season of our life in terms of how we Man, we're doing fine, but we're just not how we, how we manage that. Um, but but I just, So it's good for me uh, to go back through some of this. Uh, but this is a theology of money. It's not a how-to. It's, we're not going to go through how to do a spreadsheet and where you, how your percentage is and all that. So we're not doing that. Um, we, there is a talk of a Crown Ministry seminar and then perhaps a Crown Ministry small group, uh, in August, the seminar in August and then a, um, a group in the fall or a a class that might have several small groups around it. Um, This is not a class that will uh, decry the monstrosities of wealth and call all of us to a life of uh, poverty and sackcloth and ramen noodles. Um, uh, We just want to know the gist of what the Bible says about money. Um, And why do I say the gist? Well, uh, there are about a little over thirty one thousand uh, Bible verses and over twenty three hundred of them talk about money in some form or fashion. so I'm not going to get to all of them. Um, uh, sometimes it's direct instruction. Uh, very often, um, very often the uh, when the Bible talks of money is using money as an illustration uh, to to make some point. Jesus talked about money more than any other topic, uh, more than prayer, more than sin. Uh, and, and why do you think that is? Uh, because, uh, he, again, a lot of times, it, sometimes it was direct instruction, but more often than not, you think about like, the parable of the talents. He's not really teaching you how uh, that you should go take five talents and, and you should earn five more. He's teaching us about our faith and how we uh, steward all that He has given us. And that's actually we now think of uh, even though talent was a financial term then, we think of it in terms of what we're, what we're good at. And that's a fine application uh, to give back to the Lord what He has uh, given to us and let Him uh, bless it. But that was an illustration. But it works because currency is the currency of our lives. Uh, it is, we, uh, we deal in it. We get it. We use uh, money all the time uh, for everything. And so much of our lives revolve around uh, money. Uh, or is impacted in some way by financial decisions. We live in a financial decision. We drive a financial decision. We wear financial decisions. We eat financial decisions. We're educated by financial decisions. Choosing a career is often a financial decision. And so it only makes sense, it only makes sense that the God who made us and who loves us and who redeems our whole life, our entire life, would have something to say about these uh, decisions. And so we want to uh, take a look of, at that. The, uh, the driving principle in this class, and I should say this is a two-part class, uh, we will, uh, this week, we're off next week, uh, I will be uh, running around the streets of Birmingham, and then, um, and then I'll, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, back back in here, um, perhaps in the assembly hall if uh, if it's available, um, and you come back and like what I have to say. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, so here's the driving principle in in everything that we uh, discuss. It is uh, that it is all His. It's all God's already. Who has uh, First Chronicles 29? That's one of the long ones. Yeah, go ahead. All right, you have to. you'll have to project.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hands are power and might, and in your hand it is to make grace and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able thus to offer willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own have we given you.
0: So we say that every week, all things come from you, and of your own have we given you all that is in the earth, uh, in the heavens, and in the earth uh, is yours. That is David uh, speaking to the assembly of Israel as they are about to commission the building of the temple. You remember God wouldn't let David build it; He said, "Solomon, your son, will build the house of the Lord." And so he is commissioning. Um, right before that, we sort of go through what David gives. To that, and it is—it's like 250,000 pounds of gold, and it's just amazing what David gives to this, um, to this. But, but it's because all things come of thee, O Lord, and of Thine own uh, have we given thee. Psalm 24:1. Who's got that? Yeah, Jim.
1: The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world of those who dwell therein.
0: The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. James one17 seventeen. Who's got James 1.17? Yep. Every good gift and every
1: perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to
0: change. Every good gift is from uh, above. And, you know, we often talk about um, when things are going well, we, have, we accumulate a lot. Man, we are so blessed. And I don't want to say that we aren't blessed. But the implication of what we're saying when we say we're blessed is if, there, if, if all that we have is a gift, then, there is, then there's a giver. If all we have is a blessing, then there's one who blesses. It all comes from Him. And if it comes from Him, then it is uh, His, at least um, to begin with. Uh, the question is, once it's ours, is it, is it ours? And I, and I would say to you that it's not ours. Uh, and so we're going to have uh, there's three. If if it's all his, then number one, it's not ours, because the earth is the Lord's. It doesn't say the earth is the Lord's until He gives it away. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Number two, if it's all His, God doesn't need our money. And number three, our contentment then can't come from our pile of stuff. So we're going to talk through uh, those things. Um, if it if it's all His, it's not ours. Uh, if it's all His, God doesn't need our money. And number three, if it's all His, then our contentment can't come from a pile of stuff. Okay, uh, it's not ours. Now, this is, of course, uh, terribly, sometimes painfully, countercultural. Um, it is not something that we tend to think of in the way that we view our things and our accomplishments. Uh, what the world says is that it is ours. We earned it. And we will be happier the more we get. And as Christians, we may be able to articulate that that is not true. And yet, I would say for for me and for most of the wonderful, uh, dedicated, faithful people, I know that's not how we live. Um, We say and we can articulate that our peace and our contentment doesn't come from things as long as we have the things. Um, (laughs) And I, I want to say that that is funny and it is... Devastatingly true. Uh, Deuteronomy three twenty-eight. Who has that? Okay. Before you read that, let me say this. I I think I read this passage just going through uh, the reading through the, the Bible one time, and and um, and I probably was going through the one of the Dave Ramsey or near Dave Ramsey uh, one of those classes at the time. But this struck me. It, it doesn't look like a stewardship passage at first. Uh, but listen closely, and I'll ask you why why I'm reading it. Now, go ahead. And I plead with the Lord. Oh, sorry. This is this is Moses. He's he's recounting in Deuteronomy. <laughs> Moses is is speaking, and he's recounting uh, to the people sort of their own their own history. Um, and uh, remember, they, the the first generation from Egypt wasn't allowed to, to go in to um to the promised land. So this, go
1: ahead. Okay. And I plead with the Lord at that time, saying, O oh Lord God, you have only begun to show yourself." what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours. Please let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan, that good hill country in Lebanon. But the Lord was angry with me because of you and would not listen to me. And the Lord said to me, Enough for me. Do not speak to me of this matter again. Go up to to the top of Pisgah and lift your eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and look at it with your eyes You shall not go over this Jordan, but charge Joshua, and encourage and strengthen him, for he shall go over at the head of his people, and he shall put them in possession of the land that you shall
0: see. Okay. So here's Moses, the greatest of all the prophets, uh, the most humble man in all the earth. And you remember that he had uh, led the people at 80 years young. Uh, He led the people out of uh, Egypt, and they were a griping bitter people and he got frustrated one time and he smacked the rock when it was supposed to bring forth water and and he smacked it again and I, most people think that that he the second time was a, was a showed a lack of faith he he hit the rock with the stick and no water came out he hit it again and um and he he either showed faith or maybe some people say he hit it uh, out of anger, and it was, and the Lord said, "You cannot, Moses. You cannot go. You, just like the people of Israel, you will not see the Promised Land." You, he said, "The best I'm going to do for you is you can go up on the mountain across the, and look across the Jordan and see it, but you get, don't get to go in." Now, why is that a stewardship passage? He doesn't always give us what we want. <laughs> he doesn't always give us what we want. Absolutely. What struck me about this passage is that Moses knew that what he had accomplished was not his to own. That he had to give to the Lord uh, his life and his ministry, and he had to trust the goodness of the Lord. Here is something that he has been working towards for 40 years bearing with his gripey people, and the Lord says, your fate rests with them, and your, pro, your, your um, protege is going to go forth, and he's going to lead the, second, the next generation, the children of those who came out of Egypt, in, but you don't get to own this. And, and Moses says, thanks be to God. Praise the Lord, and I will do as you say. And that just has always struck me as such incredible stewardship of what he was, uh, what he was given. See if it's if it's all his and it's not ours, then God isn't just privy to get the ten percent if he's lucky, right? Uh, it's all his, hundred percent. I remember when when Amy and I, I had a very, uh, I, I so clearly remember when we when we took that Crown Ministries uh, class, um, which is a, a financial. You know, it was basically a financial Bible study. And uh, we took that. I remember distinctly realizing, oh my gosh, we're not learning about the 10%. We're learning about the 100%. Because God has something to say about all of this. And, and Moses did not own what he accomplished, but he held it in an open hand. And he allowed the Lord to take it from him. Uh, he didn't pitch a fit and say, that's not fair. He said, thy will be done. So the question isn't then, what do you, Lord, want me to do with my money? But if it's all it is, the question is, Lord, what do You want me to do with Your money? Because if it's if it's all God's, then every money decision, uh, whether it be uh, spending, how we spend, or how we save, or how we give, um, all every money decision is a spiritual decision. Which th- it doesn't mean you need to kneel down in the grocery store and pray about frosted flakes, you know, Kellogg's versus store brand. I, you know that's. Um, it just, uh, but it, but it still is a spiritual decision. It's, we are to be called to be stewards. Now, s- stewardship is sort of a church code word for we want your money. It's, it's October, and um, and we've got a budget season, and 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 the ship is going down if you people don't cough it up.
1: Uh, this is,
0: I mean, I've got I've got kids at home, and and um, and, and so. Um, so that's, what's, that's the code word for stewardship. Um, here, here, here's, what, uh, here, here's where that comes from. Uh, a, a steward in, in, in old England, um, when there was a lord of the manor, the lord of the manor, uh, hot, he was out fighting battles, and he needed somebody to look after his stuff in his name, in his stead, he hired a a guy, Um, and he was the administrator, but his title was the steward, and he was in charge, uh, he was given charge of um, someone else's property, and he was to care for it and to do the best with it that he was uh, as he was charged. Uh, it, we look at, uh, at Joseph in, in the book of Genesis, and he, he was Potiphar's steward. He was in charge of his estate on his behalf, and his job was to represent Potiphar with all of his uh, wealth and all of his stuff. And, but he wasn't doing it for himself. He was doing it for the Lord of the manor. And so when they were translating the King James, they said, oh, well, that, the word for managing the property of some, that belongs to someone else is steward. And so, hence, we want your money every October. Uh, it's stewardship. But it's, it's managing what someone else has given you, not for yourself, but for their estate. Because it's all His. Luke uh, fourteen thirty three.
1: So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple.
0: Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has, Jesus talking. Any one who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Man, that is a challenging verse. We um. I've talked to people who've really struggled with that. I know of people who have sold all of their stuff uh, because that's what the Bible said, right? I'm renouncing all that I have. It's the only way that I can be a disciple. A couple of things to note uh, about that verse. It does not say the only way to be a Christian is to renounce all that you have because our sin is paid for. We want to drench this whole conversation in the gospel. Our, our sin, even our sin of greed, our sin of fear of, of nakedness, uh, you know, being without stuff, um, all, everything that all of our idolatry, our fear of what other people will think if we don't have the stuff, uh, all of that is wiped clean and justified on the cross. And I want to be very clear about that. This is not how to be, a, to be in the kingdom. Um, and Jesus isn't saying that. He's talking about a, to be a follower, a disciple. One who does what the Master says and, and, and not just stands under the umbrella of His, of his grace, but, but actually wants to become like the Master. Now, the way I read it, uh, renounce doesn't mean sell. Renounce doesn't mean to get rid of, that I have to live in poverty. It just means to hold it lightly like this. And to say, okay, Lord, what do you uh, want me to do with your money? This job that you have given me, what what do you want me to do with it? Um, the things that you have given me. Lord, you have given me this amazing, wonderful home. And thank you so much, Lord, that, that we live comfortably in it. But what do you want me to do with it? How can I use it for your kingdom? Lord, you have given me these beautiful children, this incredible spouse. What do you want to do with us? How can we uh, serve you and your kingdom? Because it's all yours. We are yours. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness Thereof, so I, so to renounce it i don't I really don 't think and i I may be just justifying myself, but i don't think the lord uh, me because i mean there were he had supporters Paul called on people uh, who had wealth There people need uh, the the kingdom of God needs people to give of their money and therefore they need to have money so i don't think it means to to sell I think some people may be called to that, but i don't think uh generally but i think it definitely means to release it in your heart uh, to the lord does it does it um does do you does it own you the things that you own uh do they own you um so i i just i with you i think we are all uh, i and you i think we're all called uh to just ask ourselves <coughs> Would I be okay without this thing, this car, this type of car, this um, house? And, but if I have it, then um, then what can I do for the kingdom? And maybe that means some some people um, uh, shift what they have in their possession. Um, maybe. Uh, Maybe it means you downsize or downgrade or don't feel like the next car has to be better than the, next, the last car because really I just need to get from point A to point B. Or maybe, maybe you need, you know, I don't know, but, because I'm not here to say you don't need what what you have. I'm just saying how can we release it in our hearts um, and not let it own us and not let it be a part of the idol that we won't be content without without it. Okay. So it's not ours. That's the first point. If it's all his, it's not ours. And so it's his to direct us as we seek him um, with um, how he wants us to use it. Number two, um, God doesn't need... Hold, hold, before I go, any, Amy, anything to add? Any, anything that... I'm missing
1: out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I it, it matter, it, it, Okay? Okay. <laughs>
1: Okay, good. All right. Keep
0: checking in Okay, good. Good.
1: Yes, dear. Um
0: Okay, number two. If it's all is, God doesn't need our money. Now I said this that was the title of a sermon I preached um a year or so ago and, and I still have my job, which is good. Um the um the uh we often, it just struck me one time that, that we, we tend to think God is like the church treasurer and He's just wringing His hands every October, November, are these people going to be able to bankroll me um, and, and, and give me what uh, I want and hoping these his, his people will just come through for Him. And I want to say that that is, that is not the case. Um, now, if pledges are low or if income is low for a church... The people may be withholding, and that's between them and the Lord. But God is giving the church an opportunity uh, to focus, um, to think about what's important, to um, to walk in faith. Uh, one of the really amazing things about Trinity School for Ministry, where I, where I went to seminary, was that they, they walk in faith. They don't have an endowment, and they sort of have said it, they uh, they have intentionally not set up an endowment um and that causes such fear and and in fact a lot of times gosh they i mean they were hurt hit so hard by the recession and uh i mean they are just they're they are desperate for the lord to um to provide and they they've even had you know their professors not not get paychecks cuz they didn't make budget that month and um and it was such a lesson. I mean, we would spend time in chapel just praying for God's um, provision. Um, but it really helped, helped the seminary to sharpen and stay sharp on what was important. Uh, what what was the highest priority? Because all that's all we can pay for. So what's the highest priority? And um, and it was a great lesson, just that we got sort of by osmosis. Um you may have been in a season in your life where you didn't have much. You may be in that season now, um, and, and let's just let's just be honest. If you are in that season, Advent can be a sort of an intimidating place to be because everybody looks, I mean, dry cleaned and wealthy and uh, pretty and handsome and, um, and 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 you know some you may be going back to a, a house that doesn't have any furniture in it. I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I know that there are people in our midst like that. Um, and it is, it's man, it's hard. So what's our what's our priority? Um, the church when when that situation happens to a church, the church has a responsibility, and, and people if it happens to people, we we have a responsibility to live within our means according to what God has given us, and sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, Frank said last uh, uh, last week, what we re- I mean, what we really need at this church, is a third full-time youth minister. Uh, Cameron and Elizabeth are, uh, they are maxed relationally. Not, not burnt out necessarily, I don't mean that, but they, they're at the end of their wingspan. And, and we've got more kids that are beyond the wingspan. And so we, we in our church and also beyond uh, our church. And so what, we need that, but for whatever reason, the Lord didn't give us that. And the, and the finance committee and the people who are in charge of that had to make a decision. Do we hold back on these other things over here? Or do we sort of keep the status quo over here? And, and that was the decision they made. But we, we weren't able to add that. And we have to trust the Lord that. We have a responsibility to live within our means. Um, but God, God will provide that when He's ready. And so, uh, I mean, he, he doesn't need, God doesn't need our money in order to accomplish his purposes. Dave Ramsey said that, um, that uh, if he wanted your money, he could just take it and there'd be a greasy spot left where you were sitting. I mean, he, he, he's... Um, <laughs> I wish I'd said that, but it was Dave Ramsey. Um, so, he, he doesn't need our money, and we have a responsibility to follow him, given uh, whatever circumstance uh, we're given. So then the question is, if he doesn't need our money, then why are we giving to God? Better question maybe, if he doesn't need our money, then why does God invite us to give back to him? and the answer has to be because he loves us now you will find you, you can go and find preachers that say that's backwards it's because he loves us he wants to give us stuff and that may there may be some truth to that i 'm not a prosperity gospel guy um, but he he wants us to give to the church and to the ministries of the kingdom because it is good for the church and for the ministries of the kingdom. But, but I think even more than that, He wants us to give because it is good for us. And why is that? Giving is good for us as an act of worship, as an act of trust, and as an act of sanctification. First, as an act of worship. Now, we're... We're to love God with everything we have, our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. We're to love God with what makes us strong. And a lot of times, part of what makes us strong is is the financial resources that He's given us. We're to give our strength over to Him. Um, as an act of love to God. We're also to love Him with our heart. Where's Matthew six twenty one? Yeah.
1: Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your
0: heart will be also. Mm. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is what is really important to you. What is your treasure, what your heart considers its greatest love. Uh, I mean that's what your heart considers your greatest love is, is is your treasure. And if that is the Lord in truth, in practice, in actuality, then we will give to the Lord freely. And if it is our stuff then we will give to ourselves freely. Um, and I, 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 will, I will say this. Amy and I, uh, we tithe. Uh, we tithe uh, before tax. We figure the government, they calculate before tax, so we're going to give that to the Lord. We are not perfect with that. There are times where, we, um, where, we, uh, where I really forget to write a check. Um, just, just forget. Sometimes I'm afraid. Be completely honest. Um, unexpected expense comes up, and I'm afraid um, because it is, um, and, and that challenges me. So I don't want to say you people uh, need to make sure God's your. I mean, we, And I'm right here with you. Uh, I'm afraid, and it challenges me. Where is my treasure? Uh, do I trust uh, the Lord? But it is an act of trust. It's an act of worship. Act of trust because because you don't get to rely on for yourself what you've given to God. And so, um, and so giving puts, you, puts us in a position where we have to trust. Oh Lord, if God gets 10%, that can be a pretty big pretty big hit. Um, especially if it's the first 10%. So I'm writing right off the top. I promise you this, if you wait to give him the last 10%, it'll never be there. Um, and you know how that goes. Uh, if you wait to pay your mortgage to the last bill, there's not enough for the mortgage. Um, you um, give him the first 10%. And it puts you in a position, well, he's going to have to provide. He's gonna, we're going to have to trust him. Um, and if it's, not, if it's not a big hit, give, give more. The Bible doesn't say you must stop at 10%. <laughs> um, but it's an act of sanctification. So it's an act of worship. It's good for us. Giving is good for us. God invites us to give to Him because it's an act of uh, it's an act of worship. It's an act of trust, and it's an act of sanctification. It's an act of being made uh, like Him. John three sixteen. I don't really have to have somebody read this. I could probably all say it together. But it? John three sixteen. Yeah, go
1: ahead. Well, when we talk about uh, money and monetary things, as humans, we always aspire for the price. Of that's what this is. Okay. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have
0: eternal life. Okay. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. God is a giver. And inviting us to give, God is inviting us to reflect His own heart. He gave His Son. And when we really understand, it's not like I'm giving my Son who I um uh, my wife and i uh, came together and we had a baby he he's the, he's a member of the trinity it's like he's ripping out his own heart and handing it to us it's part of himself and yet it was it, god is a giver a sacrificial giver and he is a forgiver he is a giver And He invites us to give in order to be like Him and to know His heart. And so, God doesn't need our money, but He invites us to give anyway because it is an act of worship, it's an act of trust, where we must put ourselves in a position to to trust Him, and it is an act of uh, being made like Him, an act of sanctification. Uh, So it's not ours, and God doesn't need our money, and number three, if it's all His, then our contentment cannot come from a pile of stuff. Um, if we uh, release what we have uh, to Him, then we have nowhere really to turn, because it's not ours, He could take it at any time, and we know that He could take it at any time. Um, but if it's not, we have nowhere to turn for our contentment but uh, to Him. Uh, Philippians four eleven through 13
1: not that I am speaking and being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me.
0: Okay, so F- Paul is writing to the Philippians. And he says, um, to I, Paul is, is instructing them as, a, as a, a sort of a father in God to them. He says, I know how... To be brought low, and how to live a life of contentment in virtual poverty, and I also know how to live a life of contentment when I have a lot of stuff. Because you probably know someone who has a lot of stuff and yet aren't—they're not content. They're probably sitting next to you, but not you. But the, um, the, um, but they have a lot of stuff, and and yet they need more to try to fill. And in, in, that's the definition of crazy. Because you know we try to we keep doing the same thing expecting a different result we keep filling our hearts with stuff and yet we're still uh, not content because but Paul says I don't I don't I know I don't need the stuff the stuff might be nice but I don't need the stuff because I'm content in Christ and then he says um, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. And that's the context of that verse that we use to say, I can do anything if God gives me the strength. And I think that's, it's okay to say I can do anything, but what, what Paul is saying is when he says I can do all things, the context what he's saying is I can live through whatever circumstance God allows to come my way. And friends, there are some people that he, God allows who are great, faithful people, uh, and they, He allows them to have uh, great wealth. And there are some people who have great incredible faith who are poor as church mice. and there's not a lick of difference except the choice and the will of God and um, and yet you know we know that that those who are given much uh, too much is uh, expected. and so we are to, uh, we are uh, those who have a lot and I think Whatever circumstance you're in, I mean, we're we're Americans, and we have a lot, and we're to do the Lord's will with what uh, we have. Um, I can do. I can live through whatever circumstance God allows to bring my way, whether uh, whatever economic circumstance, whatever spiritual circumstance, whatever relational circumstance, uh, because it's about Him and and His glory. And He will be uh, with us. Matthew 28.20, the second half, B, 28.20. Frank.
1: Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age.
0: See, He is with us. He's not a, he's, he doesn't want to be a spoke in the wheel. He, he, he's the hub. He's the axis on which life turns. And no matter what happens to your business, He is with you. Whether it man you are successful in the eyes of the world, holy mackerel! This this is a guy we want or a guy we want to be like, or if bless his heart he can't walk and chew gum. I, you know I don't know, but um, Jesus says it's not about that. It's it's I will I will be with you. He is the source of our contentment in in plenty or in want, because the goal is to rest in Him to do His work uh, with His resources that He provides for His glory. I'll say that one more time. The goal is to rest in Him to do His work with the resources He has given, His resources, that He provides for His glory. Not our own. Not our own. Questions, comments.
1: Yes. With, directly remember, would you say that instead of looking at wealth as we all have a static amount of it, that we are to use the gifts that He has given us to go and create wealth and then use it for good?
0: I think as long as there is giving involved in that, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with investing or, or trying to get the best interest rate, or um, there, n- by, by any means. Um, if that's no, if, you
1: know, that using your talent, yeah. using your going out. I mean, we you're talking about the gifts that mm-hmm. you know it's all his. He's mm-hmm. given us all mm-hmm. these these gifts. Mm-hmm. We can we can sit around and do nothing, or we can go out and, and uh, not just give away our stuff but create more stuff. Sure.
0: I I totally affirm that. I got one. Yeah. Um a verse I didn't hear that the
1: curious just to take on. Sure. Then, uh, you know, Jesus it's better it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Just to get your take on before, you
0: know, and it for you, the So way. then and then the disciples say, Well gosh, well who can enter the kingdom of God? And he says with Jesus says, With man this is impossible. Because you can't buy your way in. But with God, all things are possible. And so, I mean, I think there's, there's wealthy people who are total jerks. And there's poor people who are total jerks. And there are wealthy people who are great, faithful people. And there are poor people who are great, faithful people. And the, the idea is, it, it, I mean, what gets us into the kingdom of heaven is not how we do this stuff. It's it's the blood of Jesus, and so if you are a billionaire, um, or you have a billion wishes, and that's all you've got, um, the uh, the only thing that gets us into the kingdom of heaven is is the cross. And yet we all have idols, and the and the Christian life is returning to the reality of our justification that we are made pure. I mean, Job said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will return. We can't take it with us. And so I think that whatever God gives us, we have, have, a, um, we have a propensity to just in our fallen nature to, to use it the wrong way. Now, if we surrender our hearts to Christ, uh, we're still going to use it the wrong way. But we ask God as an act to, to sanctify us in the, in, uh, along the way. So, returning to um, uh, daily, not just you know, annually at tax time, but, but a- daily returning just repentance and asking God to make us whole. So, so that's my take on that. Maybe one more question or comment?
1: Joe, this is a great start. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, a uh, faithful life is dying to oneself. Mm-hmm. And you said something a couple of times where it's sort of the, the opposite of dying to oneself. You said fear. Like you said, um, at Trinity, y'all were afraid of what would happen. Mm-hmm. And you talked about your own fear. And so I hope you can answer this in two weeks, you know, the final answer where we should all come down mm-hmm. you know, as far as how much we give. But, um, you know, some families may give more and more health insurance than they do to the church mm-hmm. um, because you know, we're afraid of what would happen without it. I mean, is that a is that a false idol? You should my idol have in health insurance. Yeah. is my tithing wow <laughs> well <laughs> all right that's good uh, um, all right so here's
0: what here's what i um had here, here's what i had um that i've got slated for for in two weeks um the psychology and this is not a, not as a psychologist but uh, sort of the thinking of the psychology of ownership and contentment we'll talk a little bit more about that idolatry and the American dream I think that's where we're going there uh, how we use our money reflects our values both uh, actively and passively uh, we'll talk a little bit about debt good, bad, or indifferent and we will talk about tithing so uh, that's what we're talking about and we'll talk about insurance and fear um, laughter Okay, let, let's uh, let's pray, Heavenly Father. We thank you that every good and perfect gift does come down uh, from you, Lord. Uh, would you in these uh, t- in these two weeks? Would you speak to our hearts? Uh, would you give us courage uh, to follow you? And um, and I mean these people and not me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Uh, amen. Just
1: kidding.